Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. I was so excited to talk to Maya Bialik because she's fantastic and fun and interesting and smart and gracious. And she had allotted me a certain amount of time and I blew past that time. So when we're ending the interview, clearly she's done. But in all fairness, there was an agreement about how much time she would spend um, on the show. She's just so cool. And I love her podcast. And I'm sure you already listened to my Bialik's breakdown, but if you don't check it out and yeah, take a listen. I just think she's fan freaking tastic. So Maya Bialik's with me, and I had to say that when I launched this podcast, you'd, you'd been on my SiriusXM show like a bunch of times, and, yeah. and then I left SiriusXM and I was launching this podcast, and I was all you know nervous. How's anybody gonna? How am I gonna book guests? And how am I gonna do this? Do that? And I and I DM'd you, and I'm like, "Will you do my podcast?" And you just wrote back, "Yeah, email these people," <laughs> and it was. And it was so sweet because like I anticipated because you're a big deal. Like you're a superstar. Oh, yeah. You're a neuroscientist. You are awesome. You have your breakdown podcast and, it, you know, which is the greatest name. And I love you and Jonathan. And I love everything you you talk about because I I feel it all so deeply. And, you know, it's I know not every episode's about me, Mayim, but like it kind of is. It kind of is. And and as like a, a big older sister to you at, at, I'm not good at math and science. So you're 47 and I'm almost 53. So what, like seven years old, six years older than you. Yes. Uh, I, I just feel like I see you and I know it's ahead, but also I see you and you are so, wow. The, the difference in the who that you are in terms of how you present yourself and your level of confidence and ease with the who that you are is so freaking cool and amazing. I, like I long for that. I, I long to be so comfortable in my skin. So I really don't think of myself as comfortable in my skin. And I think that's something that's really funny. Like, yeah. I think, you know, I, I think most everybody who, um, you know, who, who interacts with me kind of on daily things, meaning yeah. like, you know, um, parenting, you know, the <laughs> well, that, that stuff like, sucks. Yeah. The, right. The things that are the constants, like I really don't feel, you know, comfortable and, and really, um, physically speaking, very not comfortable. But what I've noticed is that what a lot of people and what I think, you know, my podcast allows me to explore is like, there are certain things that I've experienced yeah. that, you know, you may not agree with them. Like you may not like that I have a faith or you may not like that, you know, that I'm a scientist or you may not like that. I sometimes question like what the government does, you know, you don't have to like those things, but when that's your experience, you're allowed to own, this is my experience. You're not allowed to say every feeling I have is a fact. Right. Right. But I'm allowed to say like, I feel deeply that for example, like breastfeeding was an important part of my life as a parent and it doesn't need to be for you. And it doesn't mean that I'm a better parent, but I'm also allowed to be like, that was something positive for me. Or I really feel no conflict being a scientist and a person of faith. You may feel conflict, but I don't. Right. 
Yeah, well, so that's, that's exactly, yeah. You're talking about. I don't know. Well, I think not, even when you first started talking about your food issues openly or your mm -hmm. body stuff openly, I think there was something about you're doing this specific podcast, this incarnation of your professional life that yeah. maybe, and maybe you don't even realize it yet, what it has done for you, sort of working from the outside in, right? That even if you don't feel it on a, on the regular, that you have this greater understanding of the who that you are, we all see it. And why is it that Ooh, I It's not me calling. It's I'm my right son. Here. So we could talk parenting and he knows how excited I was to talk to you. Jacob, I'm talking to Mayim Bialik right now That's on the okay. podcast. Do you want to say hi? Go ahead. Just say hi. Go ahead and Hi. Hi. <laughs> He's a fan. Hi. All right. I love you. Everything okay? Yeah, everything's good. Go uh, back to the podcast. Goodbye. I love you, son. Bye. What? He's um, going to tell you if things are not okay while we're recording this podcast? Definitely. So because to, you talked about attachment parenting early on, and I'm a big believer in that still with my 24-year-old mm -hmm. and 22-year-old. Um, yeah. I'm it's forever The joke that people make. Are you still breastfeeding him? Yes. And so... <laughs> No, but uh, in fact, I failed at breastfeeding and that's fine. I don't, I'm happy when it works for people and I'm happy when it right. doesn't like it, who cares? But, but to what I was saying about you is that something about the way that this podcast has come up and the way you do it and how you bring these people on and you talk about all the emotional stuff and all the therapy and all the ways that we're broken or breaking down and then fixing ourselves or not and learning to live with ourselves the way we are, mm -hmm. I think has, has shown a whole other side of you. And it's fantastic. That's really, it's really lovely to hear because, you know, Jonathan um, Cohen, who I do, you know, this podcast with, and it's, you know, partner. yeah, my partner, uh -huh. um, you know, it was really kind of like his, his kind of notion that he believed that there was more to me than most people know about. Yeah. And that like literally, and people know a lot about me, right? Like I've written books about like literally how we like pottied our children and like yep. what my nipples look like, right? Like I've written books about neuroscience and puberty and kids. Like, you know, I've, I've, I've shared a tremendous amount of myself also as, you know, we didn't call ourselves mommy bloggers. We were writers yeah. who wrote on this new forum that was called the internet, right? Yeah. So like I've shared so much, but... Um, the stuff that we talk about, you know, on our podcast, you're absolutely right. It's a very different level of like peeling back the layers of that onion. Um, and we do so, you know, quite publicly. I always say that, like, I wish Jonathan would share more about all of his equivalent things because I think he often like comes off, you know, my, my mom is always like, Jonathan is so reasonable and he's so fun. <laughs> he's so this. And I'm like, yes, he is. And also he has his moments and I think he's also been opening up more, you know, yeah. and it feels, it feels like getting to kind of have, you know, essentially like social experiments between him and me with whoever our guest is, mm -hmm. you know, like sometimes they, they hit things in me that like really make me upset or sometimes they hit things in him that make him really uncomfortable. And then we react differently. Yeah. He'll tend to get quieter. I'll tend to get louder and often start crying. So it's so good. But Jonathan, and you could get, by the way, you could get my MPLX breakdown everywhere, but uh, he, everywhere you get your podcast and on YouTube. I happen to love watching it on YouTube. Oh, I don't download it. Yeah. Certain I, episodes yeah. for sure. Yeah. People do I, like watching. I really enjoy it. And, uh, and he is, he's great. He has your number. I mean, it's just, he goes toe to toe with you. And I so appreciate that. Yeah. I was thinking watching the other day, if, 
if you had a point in your life, because you are a scientist, you are a smarty, super smarty pant, both a creative and a scientist, which of course makes sense, this sort of duality of faith, a woman of faith, and also um, the fact that you're a, a person of science, that to me, I get it, because I... Though I don't have great faith as a Jew, I, have, I'm, I am a Jew, but I'm not, you know, I'm, I don't have great faith. I do have great faith in science. Um, mm -hmm. And I do, of course, in desperation, find myself saying, please, God, can you just do this, God, just once, God? Can you just, God, do the following? So maybe there's that's something. The gum, that's the gumball machine. Like, I really want it now, and I want the right color. So yes, God, please. Thank you. <laughs> I deserve this. Um, but but uh, but I was wondering if maybe, if, if there was a time in your life where you realized you were smarter than everybody. And was this sort of, no, no, but hear me, hear me out. Just hear me out. I can't answer just that. hear me out, Maya. Okay. You were, on, because, because I, just hear me. You're on the set, right? And you're on the set of Blossom. And I get, and I've heard you talk about it, like they were clean and they were good and they protected you and it was nice and lovely. Mm -hmm. And, and the, the sort of really scary things that happened to a lot of people didn't happen to you. And I think the way you talk about it is right. really graciously. And yeah, I get it. Your parents are strict and I understand that. I think something about a Jewish household, a certain kind of Jewish household totally, in yeah. New York was yeah. very much like, I wasn't going to become a drug addict because right. my dad would have killed me. Like, right. <laughs> no, I, that's not fair. Other dads will kill kids who turn into drug addicts. So it's sure. not, I'm not, giving anyone the blame it's just no, there's, there's a, a weird special there's a special thing. culture it's it's also it's immigrant families you know you'll see a lot of these patterns yeah even not in jewish families you'll see it in immigrant families with that kind of yeah there's a lot of intensity but there you were on the set and with actors and again i'm not saying that actors aren't brilliant there are plenty of ridiculously smart actors but then there are some super dim folk in entertainment yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. And in TV and on sets. And I have to think at some point, and I've been on sets. I'm not, no shade. I get it. I love the whole medium. Right. My brother makes TV and movies and is, you know, brilliant. But I, but I think there had to be a moment where you looked around and were like, I want to look in the sky and I want to study the brain and I want to understand. And I, and also sort of like, what are they so confused about? Like you, I'm serious. And I think it probably okay, happened to you so in therapy too, because you probably outwit, outsmart, outplay the fucking therapist. Like no, so I here's the thing. I mean, I, I appreciate that. And I also I know that this isn't just you being like, oh my, you're so smart. Like No, I, not at all. I'm saying it I as a smart person. person. No, I hear <laughs> not, like, not, not no, only not in hear, a dick way. I mean, like No, what it what it was like, you know, for most of my teen years is I I did not think of myself as smart. Huh. Um, especially because I I was a late bloomer to the sub that kind of designated smartness in the mm -hmm. 1990s. If you weren't naturally good at math or science, mm -hmm. you're just like, oh, you're going to have to be a writer or, you know, or an English teacher, right? Like what, whatever. And, you know, my parents were English teachers. So I also placed a lot of value in, you know, my parents, you know, my, my parents uh, were, were very, very well-versed in literature and, mm -hmm. you know, poetry, but not in like a wealthy elitist way, right. in a very bohemian, like a very, very- um, Probably more sincere that way. Yeah, like, well, like... they were just like, they were earthy, they were <laughs> yeah. like earthy political activists who like, you know, made documentary films. So right. like they were, whatever, it was a different kind of intelligence, but like to me, being able to identify, you know, artists by their painting or being able to mm. read a poem and my dad would be like who is it how do you mm. know what's the you know like I was just like raised with those kind of like you know bohemian kind of you know English nerds but I never thought of myself as smart 
Um, I knew I was street smart, you know, which um, was just like the term for like, at least as I understood it, like people with a New York sensibility who had to live among people in Los Angeles. Right. Meaning like that was what they said. They're like, yeah. oh, she's street smart. And that was because like, you know, I was, um, I, I wasn't a, a jerky kid, but I, I did. I had a strong sense of humor. I had a strong sense of justice, you know, yeah. of right and wrong. And like, I would stand up for kids that, that other kids would beat up. Like I was that kid who befriended you know, all the kids in the special needs class because yeah. I wanted them to not get beat up. Right. Yeah. I never thought of myself as smart. And when I was on Blossom is when I had this tutor. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. This woman who is now an oral surgeon, and at the time she was wow. an undergrad at UCLA, and I think we've spoken about this before, she was the first female, like, math science person that I had met who was, like, cool and, like, yeah. fun, but yeah. also, like, so smart. Yeah. And I never thought I was smart like her, but she yeah. made me really understand biology. Like, she was my biology tutor when I was on Blossom. And that's when I realized, like, I'm not as smart naturally at, like, science, but I have ways that I can learn it and I have ways that I can love it and understand it in ways that I think are important. But I really, I mean, even through grad school, I understand that it's a very big deal. I went to UCLA. It's a very huge school, yeah. but, but also like there's a ranking, you know, of, of grad students. And I was not at the top of my class, you know, I scored A's, but when it came to like intellectual analysis of like statistical, this, like I wasn't that person I studied all the time. But I was definitely had the brain of like an English student and a acting person who's like very into like psychology and like yeah. what are people thinking and how were they raised? Like I was very interested in that. But it really, you know, it, it honestly has been a huge component of Jonathan and my relationship and part of why he's wanted to kind of help grow this aspect of my public persona is because he really believes that my perspective is special. The way It that is. I, well, and the way that also I'm you know, for me, I think of emotional intelligence yes. as one of my strengths, but yes. growing up the way I did, we didn't have that phrase. There was no such thing. Like, not like, at all. Yeah, not at all. In fact, that's a movie. When you did the movie, uh, as they made us, uh -huh. about, in, about your family, essentially. Right. About partially, a lot of families, I and yes, mine yes. might be one of them. One of them, a piece of it, an itty bitty right. part, a scintilla of the family, uh, that, Yes, I see this, that that we that generation, our generation, though we're the six and a half years apart, yeah. was emotionally sort of vacant or abandoned. They did not ever 
check in with that thing. And we were not no. sort of prized for having emotional intelligence. Now you've talked about seventh and ninth grade sucking. I remember seventh and ninth grade sucking because seventh grade, the only way they could tell you you were smart was by accelerating your math and your science. They exactly. Were, so they moved me into the accelerated math and science and I lost my friends and mm. I was dumb in math. I mean, I right. still, I have a block, like it's some sort of weird freaking math block. Every brain is different. Also okay, something fine. they didn't tell us when we, but when we were kids, they, there was no notion of like, oh, people learn differently. Correct. None. There was no notion. So it was Nothing. either like you're good at everything and then you're mm -hmm. smart and get to go to an Ivy League yep. or you're not and you better like, you better literally get a rich husband was what, you know, Something. was still the notion in the 80s and 90s. Right. And they did not care about emotional. My superpower was always connecting to humans yeah. and that emotional thing, which meant nothing. And yes, hi, English major and lawyer, because right. what other freaking path was there going to be? But to your right. point, lawyer, but also like just get married. Like, yes, I was right. I'm licensed, but married and didn't work for many yeah. years because it wasn't it wasn't a value. But right. Maya, I think I think Jonathan is totally right. I think you're superpower is this i know you're a terrific actor and i loved amy fowler fuller and i love the whole big bet and i love everything you do in jeopardy and i think you you know you're brilliant you know that you know what a fan i am but i really like maya and i That's really cool. it's not nice it's just true i really think that the way you connect to us and the way you have these conversations with people is another level and you're so open in ways i think you probably don't realize. I mean, look, there's a video of you showing your kitchen, talking <laughs> about your ex-boyfriend. And all I could say as I'm watching this is, A, like your kitchen's cool and that's so neat of you that you didn't like rip the thing out after you broke <laughs> up. But B, I'm like, oh my God, your boyfriend was Jesus, a carpenter. And which I thought was fantastic. But there's something really interesting about you that this is well, you like- Showing no, it, think, you know, like no, the whole bit. Yeah. And I think that's kind of a larger, you know, I have a larger interest in sort of the way also, not just the way that like celebrities are perceived, but the way that celebrities are, meaning mm -hmm. the way, you know, our society is really comfortable, you know, and, and it is, it's the internet has changed everything, like understatement of the century. Yeah. But, you know, the notion that you can follow people's lives, that you can, no, I mean, you know, when I think of the actors that I watched, you know, when I was a kid, I didn't know if they had kids. I didn't even know if they were married. Like, it wasn't even on my radar. So then now it's like even people like Lucille Ball, like I only knew things about her personal life when I would watch her show because my mom would be like, they were married in real life. Right. But now it's like, you know, every single thing, you know, yeah. every component of like who had an affair with who and where their kids go to Crazy. school and like what kind of car they got. And like, yeah. you know, everything about celebrities. So for me, like the the part that I enjoy about our podcast and just also just like the way that I am is, um, you know, I get to sort of see what it's like just to kind of be myself. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, and, and it's a very different, you know, it's, it's not, it's not shiny, you know, it's really not like there are times when obviously there's an aspect to my job that is more polished and I'm not going to lie and say that like, when my makeup is done for work, like I don't look in the mirror and I'm not like, oh, oh, look at that cheekbone. Yeah, but that's on a, real. On a daily basis, yeah. what you and I look like right now is kind of like- What are you saying, Maya? Yeah. No, but I'm saying yeah. like, it's, 
it's not like I I agree. I, I actually have a real existence and it's something I struggle with a lot because there's a lot of expectations, even by my kids. Yeah. You know, when my kids realized like that I was on TV, they were like, wait a second, why are we living like this? <laughs> <laughs> No, but, but you see, why is she using coupons? But even that part of you, like even that part of you, the part that wrestles with the, when you have on the armor of makeup, right? It's armor. And then we look in the mirror and we're like, oh, wait a minute. Oh, she pretty. (laughs) Right. And that you can have this moment of liking yourself. She pretty, which does not negate the fact that you understand as a whole person, you're pretty with or without the makeup. Well, and just also how, how complicated that is. So complicated. I didn't, I hadn't ever tweezed my eyebrows until I returned (laughs) to acting, you know, after 12 years out of the industry. And I was like, I'm going to do what to my who, you know, because like I wasn't, I wasn't part of, you know, I was in grad school. Like I wasn't part of a culture where like tweezing eyebrows was something we all talked about. Like I was studying and I had a kid and I remember it was like, oh, it opens up your face when you take off that one row. And I was like, oh, this is, and then, and then like you're off to the races because like now, once I heard that people get injections in their neck, all I see is the lines in my neck. I'm like, why do I have lines in my neck? But like, also I live in Los Angeles where it's like in the water that you have to hate some part of your face or skin. And like, I, it's just, I've never, you know, I've never dyed my hair. I've got all my grays coming in and I haven't had any work done. I've had a, I've had a photo facial where they basically try and like bleach your sunspots just so that my makeup person isn't like layering on like foundation to cover them up because they look weird on camera mm-hmm. but that's it and most people i know they're like oh you got to start early and like i missed that boat yeah early, i don't think it was 20 yeah. years ago so i had my upper eyelids done at 48 because i had four eyelids Making for them. two eyes i had um you know it's a circumcision it's an eyelid yeah, yeah, circumcision. Yeah. were you happy with the result oh my god it changed my life but i was also i invented reading glasses so i <laughs> needed my eyes to look a certain way it wasn't no joke i was launching a company and i had to to i'm a i'm a patent owner i'm an inventor my come on you can hold them in your hand like this wait if you were someone who right now if you were someone who, who got their hair you know colored or if you're someone who likes to read in bed you Stop it. One template. No yes, I'm an inventor. Anyway, I know it's crazy. I agree. It's crazy. But my point is I did it because I knew that I'd have my eyes prominently right. everywhere and I couldn't look at myself anymore. Right. And also I had lost 70 pounds and I was very droopy right. and right. I, and it showed in my face and I'd done yeah. nothing else. And I haven't, I Botox, I love Botox since I'm like, you know, 30, <laughs> but no filler. I color my hair. Beard. You have a beautiful forehead. Uh, I, I do like the Botox. Paralyze me, please. Wait, but you're a redhead. I am, like, and I went great really red. early. Natural redhead, yes. Yes, need extra anesthesia, the whole bit. They have to knock me out like a horse. It's not, it's true. The doctor, I fought with anesthesiologists for colonoscopy and endoscopy. They come in before. You know how if you've had any, you've yeah, had, yeah, you yeah. had an, a colonoscopy yet? Not yet. <gasps> the recommendations are 45, dude. They I'm changed due. them. It was COVID. It's a long story. <laughs> All right, you need to go. You need you need a colonoscopy. Alyssa, let's schedule that colonoscopy. <laughs> now let's call Dr. Schwartzenstein Bergstein. <laughs> and then no, but but so then the anesthesiologist comes to meet you before any procedure. Yes. And I said, listen, I'm a natural redhead. Even if there's roots of a natural redhead right. at the dentist, I need extra. I need extra. He actually said, I know what I'm doing. No, you don't. I said, I do like studies say redheads need more right. and anecdotally I need more. I've right. been down this road. No, after he came, he said to my husband and to me, so my husband bore witness that, that I, he could not knock me out. 
they had to keep giving me more and more and more. I wouldn't go down without a fight. It's that Viking blood. Uh huh. That Viking blood is strong. Uh, no, but but I feel like with you, you've gotten really clear that it's okay to be on both sides. It's okay to like the fact that tweezing your eyebrows or shaping your eyebrows open your opens your eyes a little bit. And if you decide one day to inject the neck, I'm not really sure what that does. But if you're, you know, if you choose to do it, and I think your neck looks fine. I, I never look at you and think she looks old. So that's not a, I've never had that feeling about it. And I'd say it, I'd be like, my, I think I have a doctor. But I think that you're being sort of more okay with maybe I might do this or I won't do this. Or if I do do this, it doesn't negate the fact that like you're a whole person who cares about the environment and children and right right, and equality well and i think also there's this notion i think it happens for you know celebrities because their lives are kind of on display for us and i do think it happens more for women than for men where it's like if a woman does two things that aren't exactly like in line with the formula that someone designed (sighs) it's like oh my god and even sometimes it's not even a negative thing but sometimes people are like how is it that you like, you know, um, what, what, what do people usually, it's usually science and religion. How do you do it? How do you just, like, how could you be those people? And I said, like I say to people, it's because I am. Like what yeah. the evidence is that because I exist, like I don't need to have, you know, a thousand other women also like sign a petition that you can be a woman of science and faith. Like I promise. Yeah. It's like we get to have an identity that is kind of, who we are without needing to kind of explain how we got there. Because I don't think men are asked the same way. Ever. You're a Renaissance man. Like you are just so amazing. And like, you're wealthy, but also this. And it's like with women, it's like, how do you manage? Like Uh, manage just because we do. Right. Right. And also it has to look a certain way with women. So yeah. yeah, it was Eliza Schlesinger who I've had. Love on my her. Podcast. Oh, love she's the her. best. I've had her on she's my another podcast. another smart girl. Yeah. Yeah, very, very smart. I and know. I've had her on my podcast twice. Um, and I think it was the last time she was on when, you know, she was talking about, you know, uh, several of her comedy specials. You know, they do. I mean, many of, much of her comedy does feature kind of the ironic things about being female. Mm-hmm. And she said that, like, her mom was, like, single mom, raising two kids, like, working the job. And she said her mom didn't need a T-shirt that said, like, badass mama. She's like, <laughs> right. She just, like, did it. She's like, we didn't need, like, you know, a whole culture of wine. Drink wine to get through the day. She's like, you just, like, did what you did. And it was, it didn't need, like, a movement behind it, which isn't to say that people can't have a movement and, like, badass bitches and, like, great. But she said, like, there was a time when it was just, like, that's just what you did. You just yeah. did what you needed to do. I mean, but that, but I, and I adore her for all this, the reasons that you're talking about. And she's one yeah. of those people that, cause she, her brand of comedy, again, it's like that smart thing. Like oh, she just, and she, she knows how to use the words and she, and the whole thing with having the baby and her pregnancy and everything else, we would DM all the time because anytime I'd see somebody like say something snarky to her, yeah. like about being on the road or about doing this, I would DM her like, do is they're stupid yeah, motherfuckers. Cause you know, yeah. it's just who I am. And I have issues with the same defending the people yep. don't need defending she could stand on her own two right. feet but you know whatever yeah. but it, no but it's nice to give people support and that's the thing i think it's especially important and it's something also that does come up you know in jonathan and my work together yeah i don't have to agree with every single thing that everyone says that i interact with have on the podcast or speak to no. the idea is is there a place that we can be respectful of other people's journey appreciate their journey for what they want out of it yeah. even if it's not what we would want or even if it's not how we would do it I don't want, you know, and I'm speaking as a progressive, like, you know, crazy liberal, 
but like, you know, the there's people who make me look conservative. Right? Yes. Like, the spectrum is very wide. But just this notion that like, I don't want to be the kind of person who's like, I believe what I believe because I'm a liberal, but also I can't talk to anyone who's not exactly like me because of course. That, that sounds a lot more like what I don't want to be like, you know? So yes. I think that's true of, it's true of parenting. It's true of comedy. Yeah. It's true of mommy bloggers. It's true of also podcasts, right? Yeah. But I think that's the thing again, back to you and, and how I sort of feel like the reason why you did wind up as yes, your parents, whatever else in this sort of position that you're in, where you really have gone through a lot of stuff publicly and Mm -hmm. stood on your own two feet and been open about struggles and triumphs and, and where you haven't done well and where you've done extraordinarily well is because you have this very, whether you knew it or not, you are so smart. And at some point, I guess, from the tutor, you recognize that you had this thing in you that wasn't going to be quieted. Right. And, and I think when you know that it just, and it's so real, like it, none of it feels performative, any of what you talk no, about. No, there's right? very, I mean, well, I mean, I'm very, I, I, I tend to second guess everything I say. So I think that's also funny that people are like, you're so well-spoken. It's like, yeah, but you should see what goes on. Right. Like if there's a, well, and I think also it's that it's the pressure it is, it's a pressure of being, you know, female in a male dominated world and industry and, you know, say what you will about the patriarchy. Like it's kind of a thing. So I think there's this constant, (laughs) like this constant revising. And, you know, actually I, I made a concerted effort. I think it started in the last, probably last five years or so to stop apologizing mm-hmm. in emails and, mm-hmm. and even in person like that. Um, I, I do, I have that natural tendency to like, just apologize for like existing or, you know, I think Ellen DeGeneres years ago did a comedy bit about how, when someone walks in on you, when you're like peeing and like the lock didn't lock, like the first thing our instinct is to be like, I'm sorry. But it's like, they're the one who walked in on you, but it's so in our nature to be like, I'm just sorry for being here and existing. But um, the other thing is, um, I, I use the expression, I think a lot yes. when I actually don't think it, I just know it. Know it. Mm. So I actually started working on that and I don't know, I'm sure there are men who also have this, but I've talked to a lot more women who have this same experience of like, I think we should paint this room blue instead, wow. of, instead yeah. of, I would like to paint this room blue. Like I'm painting this room and I don't mean being totalitarian about it, but instead of it's like, even with your kids, I think it's time to go. No. It's time to go. Well, the kid thing. I mean, I know that you're a very um, direct parent. And they're the parenting thing. is. So I don't know what I would do if I had little kids now. Like my cooked children. Oh, I... And the second one just called, by the way, and I ignored her FaceTime. And she noted that she got a text that said I was recording. You know, my son might not read the text. So I didn't text him. But, right. she, but uh, the gentle parenting movement we were there we were my uh -uh. my mm -mm. ophthalmologist dr strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness he works with a virtual reality training platform developed by fundamental vr and orbis international to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need the result more confident, capable surgeons, and even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. 
Ready to elevate your home? Picture this. Central heating, a cozy fireplace, or your dream walk-in closet. Build a backyard oasis, go green with solar panels, or start a business. It's all possible with Figure's Home Equity line of credit. Unlock up to $400,000. Apply online in five minutes. Funding in as little as five days. Head to figure.com and transform your home. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. I mean, I call my kid, don't be a stupid moron. Uh, <laughs> we I can mean, work on that. That's happened. But they're not. My kids are really smart and they're doing great. And they're, you know, my son is a 2L at Yale. He's a, you know, freaking do good or going to be lawyer person. Right. He's great and a moron and can't find both right. socks. So that's the truth. We're truth tellers in our family. So the, this idea of like the coddling. Right. I don't think you coddle. Attachment no, parenting is no. not coddling. No. And that's, you know, when, when people ask, like, what are some of the main misperceptions, you know, of, of people who, who parent it a certain way or, or who like to parent a certain way, you know, one of them is that, um, yeah, one of them is that you, you sort of have a totalitarian perspective about parenting, which is not true, mm -hmm. meaning, oh, because attachment parenting, you know, kind of subscribes to things like natural birth or, you know, emphasis on breastfeeding or, um, you know, uh, sleeping near your baby or wearing your baby as opposed to, you know, not wearing your baby or whatever. Yeah. But the notion is that that, um, you know, we don't tolerate anything else. And that's very not true. And as a lactation educator counselor, I work with all sorts of women who have had all sorts of births, all sorts of breastfeeding experiences. I've helped women wean when it's time. I've helped families restructure. Like, so anyway, that's the number one thing. And the number two, I think, kind of misconception is this notion that if you're an attachment parent or if you're um, a person who doesn't believe in harsh discipline, that that means that you're either a coddler or a helicopter parent or- yep want to raise children that have no sense of discipline or boundaries. Um, and, you know, many people point out that my, my children are, you know, more of the disciplined type of child. Um, and you, you might not even think that those children were raised in attachment parenting, but that's because there's a difference between attachment parenting and permissive parenting. Correct. And people who believe, and it's a philosophy of permissive parenting where the child really, you know, it really is kind of like child led, you know, and that does not work for me. Like it just does not. Like I, I believe in a, I do. I believe in a lot of structure and a lot of boundaries, but the goal is to do that as gently as possible. Do I do it perfectly? Absolutely not. No parents no, perfect. No, no parents perfect. And even attachment parenting people. I mean, I've met those like awesome La Leche League women who are like, I have five kids under the age of six, and I'm, you know, cooking meals for everybody all day, and everything's great. Maybe that's true for me. It was like I'm like, how do you have two? How did I even have one? By the way, there's so many myths about. Listen, I, I know that I've that I've done my we my husband and I have done our job as parents that our children left the nest and both are high functioning and doing right. great and they both slept in our room right. until whatever age they chose until to go in their done. own rooms and Correct. I remember at ten and twelve years old I walked into the hallway and saw their two doors were shut and I just it it took my well killed me but it yeah. also took my breath away that there they were, they had decided Correct. they were ready to be people. And not that they weren't when they were in our room, it was like a slumber party, but, no, but attachment parenting, you setting Correct. them up to be secure and go out in the world and live. They yeah, both no live is, in the world. No one's, no one's breastfeeding as they walk down the aisle. No, Correct. Correct. It's a, and why not give your kids a sense that they're 
loved and well look but this is where it gets complicated because a lot of people would say like i just have a different way of showing it look i'm a person who shows my love for animals by not eating them some people show their love for animals by eating them like they're allowed to have that perspective and some people (laughs) well but i've heard people say that to me like i love animals very much but i also would like no but even that right you're a vegan and that's great like i i mean i go i'm a vegetarian 97 percent of the time I love animals. I can't eat something that looks like an animal. And I like sure, to, right. I like to disassociate and I associate and I know I'm doing that. Like sure. I know I'm an a-hole. I don't pretend that I'm not doing that. Right. I but I, I didn't say that. My iron is We're so low. Help We're me. But Right. But, but I, I know what you mean that there is yeah. this thing. And I guess, how do you handle it? That people want to throw this all or nothing mentality at you, even though that isn't your mentality. Well, I think- Look, I don't I don't think that's I don't think it's exclusive to me. I don't think it's even exclusive to, you know, celebrities. We we are living now, you know, even more than when you and I were kids and teens. You know, we're living in an era of true, true black and white thinking and like all nuance is, you know, is kind of leaving us. And I think, you know, I think social media with all the things that it's amazing for it did create, you know, a very kind of binary system of communication. Um, You know, if, if you see it posted if you see it written apparently it's true which is like not at all the way many of us were raised to to kind of a, approach things meaning mm-hmm. the notion is be like i was raised like be skeptical question do the research find out you know speak to a variety of different people don't only speak to people who agree with you right, right. And, like, and this generation of you know kind of like social media and you know it, it is it's a very different thing and you know the fa- my mom said to me today just something about some celebrity who was like Oh, did you know they were related to and like named some very famous person from like 10 generations ago? And I'm like, what's your news source? And I won't say the name of the publication, but suffice it to say it was not like I don't even know if it was true, but like because it was in your feed, right? You you think oh. and I think and I'm guilty of that too, but I think um, you know, all of the things that that Jonathan and I try and approach, you know, we are looking for that nuance mm-hmm. and we're looking for that subtlety, which is very, it's very hard to find, you know. And I think um you know, we, we see it in sort of the, the media that's interesting to people now. And we see it in things like Game of Thrones and Succession, yeah. right? Like we want stories of good and evil. We want it. And then like, oh, there's more drama and oh, there's this. And then like, okay, throw in a little sex and violence because we can't not have those, no, right? Those. There's still that that notion of things being very kind of black and white. And there's so much gray, you know, to all uh, these things. But I know you have to go soon, but I do want to just get into for one second, the body stuff, because mm-hmm. that's very, you know, my, the people who listen to me know that's like having been someone who's overweight working. Mm-hmm. So I work hard at it every day to sort of keep myself yeah. healthy. It's really a health thing for me. Cause I've, yeah. now I have two dead parents and I just, I, you know, mm-hmm. I have to take care of myself and you've talked about your body stuff. So where, where are you now in that as you get um, older? You're laughing, but it's true. And I love that you talk about it because like, no, it gets so hard. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think that there are always, I always had sort of like the, the template, you know, for having disordered eating or disordered thinking yep. about food and health and body. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it didn't really manifest kind of in a clinically interesting way until I was, you know, over 40. Mm-hmm. And that was shocking to me because, you know, I, I knew plenty of people who were anorexic or bulimic or compulsive overeaters or exercise bulimics, which like, you know, is a very, very common, a very unnamed thing. That's very, 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 very common. Yeah. Um, but, you know, for me, I, um, I was very surprised, you know, that it was another, 
you know, sort of another God-shaped hole as the 12 step programs talk about it, you know, like whatever it is, you'll mm -hmm. fill it with Sometimes. food or you'll fill it with drugs or you'll fill it with alcohol. You'll fill it with work. You know, yeah. I, I mean, work is one of my favorite drugs, you know, or you'll fill it with um, relationships with people who don't want to have relationships with you, but you keep pursuing them. Right. Yeah. And that's really friendships too. So like you fill it with whatever that, that need is that is really, really hard to get to. And that things like meditation, mindfulness, you know, a practice of um, yoga or regular, 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 powering down. Mm -hmm. Those are the things that try and get you more in touch with the part of you that then has that need. And the idea is the more we kind of fill that with other things, the less we will turn to food or obsessive thinking about food. So for me, you know, it literally, it is a one day at a time practice yeah. on any given day. I don't understand why something fits or doesn't fit. Yep. Meaning I'll try and like track it and I'll be like, well, how I ate this and it was, it did I yeah. eat too many carrots? And it's like, that's just like, my brain gets really loud when I know my brain is loud. I have to turn to the things that make it quiet down, um, which for some people, and I'm one of them, I do get benefit from, you know, working a program around it yeah. um, that involves, you know, believing that there's a, there's a force in the universe that doesn't care about the number on that scale True. because there's a, there's a person inside. There's, a, I have a soul, like I have a soul and you I have do. a purpose on this planet yeah. and that, that higher power doesn't care if I'm a six or an eight or At a all. ten. 12 or a four, like those are just like human constructs. Right. But like for me though, I know that my, you know, my, my brain has a sickness around this. Yeah. I can look at the number, you know, on a label on a piece of clothing, but when I put it on and it doesn't fit, I don't understand like, you know, and yes. that's, that's disordered thinking, you know, um, yeah. and food's not the only place I do it. Um, but Surrounding myself, it sounds so cheesy, surrounding myself with people that support me and lift up the truest parts of me are the ways that I have found that I sink less into that disordered thinking. Yeah, it's not cheesy. And as, again, as somebody who's who's ahead of you as a, as a biological female, biologically <laughs> born female, I could tell you that you're doing nothing wrong with any of it in terms of, you know, that disconnect your body's going to do some weird fucking stuff over the next five years. Oh, it's already. I don't know why my inner, thighs, my inner thighs are trying to live on the floor. And okay, I'm like, so, you belong on the floor. You belong right. up yes, here. Yes, correct. And everything, you know, when you used to inflate or swell like a, yeah. a week before your period, you're going to have, you know, 13 days of. Oh, of, no, I'm already. Uh, oh, I, I these think boobs, I'm ahead of you with it's, this. Oh, it's I, I don't oh, understand. It's, I don't understand either, but every time I get blood taken, they're like, oh, now you have none of this. Oh, now this is the root. And I'm like, just tell me, wake me when it's over. But in just a way it's liberating for the body stuff because yeah. there is this part of me that's like what you just said. Did I You're have powerless. two carrots? Did I yeah. have this? I only ate broccoli yesterday. Why does the scale say I'm three pounds up? Because my digestion stopped working. Like oh. <laughs> it's just, that's it's females as right. But I think- Again, to credit you and the conversations you're willing to have, I think it's so important to talk about all the ish because it makes it makes us feel less crazy. And I don't think crazy is a bad thing yeah. unless you're not feeling okay and you're crazy. Sure. Then I, I want you to feel okay. But like, I don't know, there needs to be more of the honest discussion about our thighs falling down or all of a sudden your knees look weird. Or, oh my God, saggy baggy knees. What the fuck is that? I never had a problem with my knees. 
No, now I wear tights all the time. Right. Like where, why, no one, why don't they say that? My knees gave up. My knees were just like. My body's given out. I have chronic tailbone pain. How sexy is that? Like, I mean, I know that's because I'm sure there's like degenerative spinal arthritic bullshit. I mean, I have a lot to say. Also look up Dr. Sarno. I know. Well, do you think I don't know about healing back pain? Oh my goodness. Please. I know. This is really, it's it's wonderful to talk to you. And I'm glad, I'm glad to talk to someone also who, you know, appreciates having honest and real conversations. And I I wish you so many good things. And I'm glad to talk to you in any iteration that you find yourself. No, I know, Maya, you're really, you, you're a winner. You're what's known as a winner. Please follow Maya Bialik everywhere uh, at Miss Maya. She's got over 4 million followers, 4,100,000 followers on the TikTok. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We yeah. just hit a big milestone. That was a very sure big did. deal. Yeah, it is a big deal. Uh, and she's on Instagram. And check out Maya and Bialik's The Breakdown, the podcast, and, and when she's on Jeopardy, and get her movie. And all Oh, also, I have in. a show. Call Me Cat. Call we're Me Cat. That's season. right. I recommend people watch it. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. We are available. Well, we're on Fox, but you can also watch us on Hulu. It's mm-hmm. a good time. Yeah. Everything about you is just, you just oh, keep, you. you keep showing up and do, doing the work. You're terrific. Thank, thank you. you for being on my podcast. You guys, you can follow me at Just Jenny Hutt on Instagram, Jenny Hutt on TikTok. Email questions and comments to JustJennyPod at gmail.com. And thanks, Mayim. And I will be back here again for usual tomorrow.